Welcome to the Five Seven Podcast. I'm your host Pre, and I'm joined with by my co-host Mike Salinas. Good evening. And tonight we have a uh, we have a special guest. Uh, he is a Chicago police officer, and he goes by the name of uh, Tyler Durden. So we'll be referring to him as Officer Durden. Obviously, uh, we want to protect his identity because he's doing a uh, a very important job in society, and uh, we don't want anything to happen to him. So, Officer Durden, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Cool, man. Cool. So, uh, so what's going on? What are you uh, What are you up to? What are you up to now? Well, right now, just taking it easy, talking to you guys. <laughs> right now, I'm working in a special unit, not doing anything too intense. Which is okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it good to kind of get a little time off of the, uh, you know, being out on the street or what have you? It definitely is. Do you ever feel like uh, do you ever get kind of burnt out a little bit from uh, like is there like a is there like some kind of like uh, you know like okay you've been doing this duty for like ten months or eighteen months you know it's time for you to kind of do something different or do something else to kind of circle guys in do they do stuff like that? Uh well. No, the police department doesn't really do that. But you kind of – you start to feel it creep in. I didn't really notice it until I stepped away okay. from it, from all the nonsense. And then it was just like, holy cow. I, I, I really needed a good rest from it. Okay. Is it like just a, is the schedule is the schedule bigger or, or, or is the schedule different or is it more – you know, like, okay, every, you know, Monday through Friday, you're going to be working from, you know, say three to 11, you know, and it's going to be every single day. Like when you're out on the street, does it vary from time to time or do you get like the set schedule? Uh, it does vary. It, it really, it depends on more on manpower, who's there, how many bodies they have to hit the streets, um, whether you're going to be working early or late. Uh, a lot of, you know, we've had more than a few tragedies lately, and that's affected a lot of manpower in my district. Especially, we've had to, they've had to allocate resources to where those officers who died uh, were to, to kind of help out. Right. So, I'd imagine so. That pulls resources from our, from our area. So, it's, you know, there there's always this like the main thing is is that it's balanced. There's okay. enough bodies at all times. Yeah. Okay. So when uh, you know, say when an officer goes down, do they do they just pull guys from other districts and it's like, you know what, this is where you're gonna be at from now on and then and then pull up guys from the academy? Or like, uh, like no, where where you are is where you are. I okay. Mean, you're you're not getting pulled unless unless they absolutely need you and even if they pull you it's going to be on a temporary basis. Okay. Okay. So uh, where are you uh, Where are you from originally? Are you from Chicago or are you from Wisconsin or Michigan? I'm uh, from Texas. Texas. The lovely, the lovely state of Texas. That's right. It's like a country of its own, man. It is a country of its I own. I love Texas, man. <laughs> when I was in the military, I, I did some time in Fort Sill, and we'd go down to Texas, man. I loved it. And Texas loved me, too. <laughs> I, I know it did. I know it did. It loves everybody. <laughs> Texas forever. So, um, what did you do? Like, you know, growing up, what what kind of hobbies did you do? Uh, hobby wise, um, I was a fairly talented artist growing up, and then also I did a lot of martial arts, kickboxing, uh, uh, Muay Thai. A lot of like uh, fighting because that's what my dad he did that for a long time. He was mm. a he was a uh, full contact karate fighter. You know, back then it wasn't kickboxing; it was full contact karate, and then it moved into kickboxing, and then it grew into like you know this multi-discipline thing that it is now. Right. Right. So is he fighting in stuff like, you know, like in Bloodsport, like the Kumite? No. <laughs> no? no? Okay. Uh, it, you know, it, when he was fighting, they didn't fight with pads. Uh, they, they oh, man. They wrapped up their wrists and they wrapped up their... So it's more like kickboxer then. 
<laughs> I mean, it was it was brutal. My dad had his appendix uh, burst. He didn't realize that it burst, but after the fight, he was like, he took a really big shot to the midsection and finished the fight, and he won the fight actually. And then he was like, oh man, I'm really not feeling well. What is going on? And they rushed him to the hospital. Turned out his appendix was burst. Wow. Uh, during the fight. And the doctor let him know that if he were even like 10 minutes late, he would have died. He Holy died. smoke. Yeah. And uh, he's had, he had a, he broke every bone in his foot. His feet were so jacked up. They were so like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty gross to look at. <laughs> and, Man, I still uh, cringe when I see uh, people doing shin kicks. I mean, my shins, I look at them and uh, I cringe, man. Don't they do yeah. that to uh, to strengthen their strengthen their shins? Yeah, the the what we used to do, we used to butt shins without padding. Yeah, and so you kick each other's shins. Ow, <laughs> that was the worst. I hated oh my it. Goodness, hated it. And there was this one guy. He just I don't know what kind of day he had, but he decided <laughs> to let loose one day. And it was, he painted a picture up and down my leg. And whenever you do that, man, you, it's not like you just, oh, okay, we're cool. Yeah. Walk. Yeah. The next day I could barely walk. It was wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They do that in Muay Thai to strengthen their, their mm-hmm. like shin bones, don't they? Yeah. To strengthen it. Cause the little fractures in the bone, once they heal, it heals the bone harder. Yeah. And don't they like calcify or something little, like that? Yeah. It okay. Nerve. It works. It really works. Yeah, I see those dudes kicking like bamboo trees and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like freaking torture. Well, those yeah. guys in Thailand, man, they're they're special. They're special. So, out of the um, out of all of the disciplines, what do you um, what do you favor? What do you like the most? Um, right now, I'd say boxing. Or you can, or you can give me three. You know, give me three. Uh, Muay Thai is my favorite. The art of eight limbs. Elbows, knees. I've never found a situation where it didn't work, even on the street, man. You just oh, yeah. kick someone right to the leg, they'll go down, like, you know, yeah. crying. You know, a lot of guys like, MMA, a lot of guys like MMA, man, but when I see, like, Muay, Muay Thai fights, I'm like, holy, sh- this is absolutely brutal. You if know? you watch, like, early Muay Thai stuff, uh, from the 90s, because yeah. they have it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, they have these old fights on there, and uh, then you see it progress, and it's like, man, they just get, they were so brutal. They were so <laughs> brutal back then. They, I, you're watching guys being carried out on stretchers, just yeah. like it was nothing. Wow. They're you like, yeah, I mean? just put them in the back. <laughs> yeah, just put them on the stretcher. We got and throw it. a sheet over them. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> the next fight is. <laughs> and you like uh, you like watching boxing? Uh, I do. I enjoy boxing quite a bit. Yeah, I do too. I've I've always uh, I've always liked it. I think boxing's um, I, I think it's a little struggling a little bit now, but compared to how it's been, say, you know, the past years. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I love absolutely love block boxing. Boxing, you know, it has that thing peaks and valleys. It comes in and goes. It really depends on the talent. Of the pool, right? You yeah, know, I agree. When you've got one guy dominating the whole thing, you know, it's like this isn't even entertaining, you know. Yeah. Well, you have to have that rivalry. That's the main thing. Sure. You have to have rivalry. Uh, Canelo and uh, what's his face, Golovkin. Yeah. Muhammad yep. Ali and Frazier. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. You got to have a, a, a massive you foe. Have to have you got to have the foe, that, man. That push and pull. And it's the same in any fight sport. That's that's just how it's going to be. Otherwise, it's just like, well, he's going to win. He's going to win. Yeah. Mike Tyson, you're just like, ah, oh, he's going to win. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks to watch a pay-per-view of him winning the first round. I'll just what, man. He was absolutely annihilating people, though. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, I would not want to take any of those shots from Mike Tyson, dude. But that's the thing. No one wanted to step in the ring with him. No right. one even was like giving themselves a chance to fight. Yeah. Him. Yeah. It seems like like all of his blows were like haymakers, you know? 
No, he was he was a tactician. He was, he was no. I'm I'm not saying that he wasn't a a boxer. I mean, it seemed like you know, like the amount of power he put behind a lot of his punches, it, they just seemed like they were just these bomb. Like he was just throwing bombs all all night. Every single punch was thrown with malice. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, it was like, and and you when you watch like the old footage and him, the worst punches that I could imagine a, a fighter taking were the ones to the body. Yeah, and you could hear them on the TV in the old fights. Right yeah. to the body. Yeah. Like, oh my god, there go your ribs. There goes all your internal organs. You can't yeah. even your hands up anymore. You can't breathe. Yeah, I just knock you out. Finish I you saw up. I saw Roy Jones Jr. He landed a body shot right to the ribs on this guy. This guy just crumbled like a sack of potatoes, man. And that was it. KO. I that was the first KO I body punch KO I had ever seen. And I think he broke like three of his ribs. This dude was in pain. They practically took him out on a stretcher, man. I mean, the guy was in so much pain. But I mean, I felt it the whole way. I was like, oh my God, that was brutal. Oh my god. There's there's my favorite fighter right now. I mean, he's an old fighter by today's standards now, but I love watching him. He's a he's a Muay Thai fighter. His name is Bukal Benchimek. Mm-hmm. Just look him up. I mean, he is so brutal. I will. He is just <laughs> he destroys guys with punches, with knees, with kicks, elbows. It doesn't matter, man. He just destroys. He knocks out more people than he he doesn't take any prisoners. Really, usually. How many rounds do they go? I think the most they go is around five. Unless it's like a championship fight, maybe it's they'll go up up to six. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of energy. Yeah, it is. It is. You're kicking, punching, doing wrestling. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. So when I, when I was doing it, when I was fighting, I would be spent after two rounds. I could barely move my arms or legs. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you, uh, like as a kid, did you, did you want to become a police officer? Like, were you a, a teenager or, you know, did you see like, uh, like lethal weapon or RoboCop and you're like, yeah, I want to be a, I want to be a cop. Uh, I would say. It just kind of played into my background, I guess. Okay. The way my, my family raised me, growing up the way that I did, it was very kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like an itch? Sort of. Like uh, my dad always wanted me to go into the He was always telling me, you're going to go into the military. You're going to go and do... Uh, this is what you're going to be and, you know, something like that. Something right. along the lines of military. So mm-hmm. he, he, with the martial arts and with the lifestyle that we had and his philosophy that I adopted, it was just kind of a natural progression that, oh, I was going to go into the military. And then when I chose not to, I was just like, well, what do I do? Sure. You know, I chose yeah. I chose college because uh, I didn't want to kill people. That was the main thing. I didn't yeah. want to kill people because my country told me to kill people. Yeah. You know? And I I, I watched Cops. I love that show, Cops. <laughs> Bad boys. I'm like, oh, my God. Everything that they do, I could do better. <laughs> you know? Taking people down, running after people. Running after scumbags. Chase, oh man, it just—it looked like the most fun that a person could have. To me, sure. I watched you know? the one—the the live edition one. That uh, is it live something, but it's police. You watch them live as they're doing things, and it's uh—it's pretty interesting. You, I mean, just there's so much stuff that goes on like real time. It's it's pretty crazy. Oh okay. I don't know if you guys have caught I mean, any of that live show yet, but I have, I have cool. not. I have not. I now I watch some. Sometimes I still watch cops, but sometimes I watch it to see what other people do in certain situations. Yeah, it's not, I think it's, that's important. It's more like a chef watching a cooking show. Right, sure. Seeing, you, you're not really looking at um, 
how to be a chef anymore. Yeah. You're just looking, oh, what are they doing? What are they mm-hmm. up to? What's yeah. different about what they're doing that's successful that maybe I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. Or what are they yeah. doing wrong that I'm doing right? You know? I don't think that ever really stops. I mean, at least anybody who's looking to be, you know, re- refine their craft, you know, because I don't believe that, you know, that there's like the best way to do anything. You know, maybe if something can be a little more efficient or or what have you. But I think I think it's important to do that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're always learning, especially with the job where you're interacting and you'll never know everything about the law. Yeah. There's so much to it. I mean, you have people, lawyers, who study it their whole life, and they still don't know everything about it. They yeah. still have to figure stuff out on the fly or read a book or whatever to figure something out yeah. for loopholes. I think so, I, I do think that uh, you know being a police officer is, is the hardest job. I mean the job itself, and then you're kind of a jerk if you do your job and you're a jerk if you don't. So like you're like in a position where you can't win. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's tough. Yeah. A police officer, the job itself, the way that the public sees it right. is unique. Because right. you're both the good guy and the bad guy. Right, yeah. right. Or for some people, you're the good guy, and for some people, you're the bad guy. Right. Right, right. <laughs> uh, for certain cultures within American society, you're the bad guy. Right? Yeah. They're teaching their kids. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. whole generation of kids that you're the bad guy, they can't talk to you, uh... If they talk to you, they're going to go to jail. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen to them. Yeah. They're, they're teaching the wrong way, mm-hmm. essentially, to hate the police. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think people, like, in general, like, I don't know if it, if it needs to be, like, published somewhere. But, you know, somewhere, you know, as a society, we agreed that we were going to let police officers perform a civil duty on where they they keep us in line and that's exactly what it is there's a set of laws that we're supposed to we're supposed to follow and then they enforce those laws and i don't think generally you know kids aren't taught that and people don't people don't understand that you know because half the time if a cop's ever told me something he's like hey can i can i talk to you for a second i'm like yeah sure no problem what's up and then you know they'll say what they have to say and then they're like all right cool you know they're like have a good day i'm like cool i mean i got pulled over one time i was like hey man do you want to burn one he's like yeah sure we had to smoke the cigarette together you know and uh and because uh, i understand that i understand that they're people you know i understand that they're people and, and they're doing a job and like the last thing i'm i'm if anything i'm here is to it's the harm is the harm a police officer because you know they have something to go home to every night you know that's that's the main job you know, one minute, you know, you're, you're helping a kid cross the street and then the next minute, you know, there could be some guy around the corner well, with a gun, uh, you know, looking to uh, to do some harm. And it's got to be incredibly difficult to have a mo- to change mindsets on when you're dealing with a child and then going into a highly stressful situation like that, you know, because you, you essentially have to switch modes and switch gears when you when that happens you know because then you're thinking because then you're thinking okay what am i going to do okay there's civilians here do i have a shot you know do i try to approach the guy am i going to have time to even get on the radio you know what do i do and this is all happening within within seconds you know but people on the outside who have the you know who have the benefit of hindsight they're like oh you should have done this why didn't you do this why didn't you do this you know and uh and and it's it's unbelievable and and people don't understand that well those are people you know the monday the the armchair quarterbacks sure (laughs) sitting in your chair and judging a situation from the outside you know uh which is essentially to an officer a life or death situation uh uh it's it's easy to go. Well, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You, you I since I've started this job, I've never been in so much stress in my life. Right. The the the, the ad- adrenaline does an incredible thing to your body, where all of a sudden it's it just it stops working properly. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't even put together words properly. All the things that you do normally. On a day-to-day basis, all of a sudden you you can't do. 
Mm-hmm. And you just hope to God that when the shit hits the fan, your, your adrenaline kicks in and your that training you, kicks in. Yeah. Cause you've been trained. We've been trained to do things a certain way. Yeah. And it's all there to help us survive a situation. Right. And sometimes that kicks over that, that training takes over in the wrong situation mm-hmm. for some officers. I don't know why I, I, I hate to jump into an officer's shoes. I know that sounds like a cop out, but I don't like judging what other officers do unless it's like, unless it's insane, grossly, um, it's just wrong. Right. You're just looking from the outside. You're just like, man, that was just wrong. Yeah. You weren't doing anything. There was nothing that should have agitated you or raised your suspicions at all if you had just stayed in a better position, you wouldn't have been scared. Yeah. So There's- I I find that some of these officers I I don't know. I, I really don't know because it really depends because there are officers who have 10 years on the job versus officers who have three years on the job. They're, they're both dying. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, well, what do we do? You know, do we, do we kowtow to the, to popular belief and believe that, you know, no, every situation that we're going to walk in, should we believe that they don't want to harm us or do we believe that they, we should have reasonable suspicions that maybe this person does want to harm me. And most of the time, people don't want to hurt us. Right. You know, they're they're at each other for whatever reason. But you know, shit happens. Yeah, it does. It happens. You know, it happens minute, more times than uh, than than people would like to admit. You know, and it, it is mo- always the most ex- unexpected way. Like just sitting there talking to someone, and then all of a sudden they're not giving you any any signals, and then all of a sudden they flip out. Yeah, and you're in a fight. Yeah, and you're the one to blame. I've been in a couple bar fights like that. What What are we supposed to do? That that's my biggest thing, you know, because I feel like everything that we do is being politicized now. It is, mm-hmm. it is, and I I don't know. Uh, I hate it, you know. I hate it. It seems like there's some kind of, uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, put all of it on the media, but they need to take a a big part of the blame for skewing, um, skewing views on 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 police officers. You know, like they're the the Gestapo, uh, running but, around out there. But see, that's the thing. They know. They're there whenever, every time we, we run into a situation, they're always there in sure. the background. They know what we're going through. Yeah. You know, because they're right there talking yeah. to us, talking about the situation. And now I just, I don't want to talk to them. I don't even want to acknowledge them. Yeah. I, I find myself drifting further and further away from even wanting to acknowledge their presence anymore. Yeah. I, that's completely understandable. I wouldn't want to either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do because I have to in, in some situations, mm-hmm. but in most situations, I don't even want to bother with them anymore because, you know, whenever you see something that you've done or uh, something where you've been a part of, hit the news, and then they get like, you know, you get all these factors wrong about it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'd be I'd be really all upset. The, all the pol- politics start following all these situations, and it, more than anything, I blame I blame politicians for kind of kowtowing because it's not like they don't know. They know, they know yeah. what the numbers are. Yeah, there's no hiding from the reality of the numbers. Right. You know, we know where the crime is. It has nothing to do with race. It's just the crime is where it is. Right. We have to go where the crime is, and we have to do what we have to do to mitigate that crime. Right. But it offends people. 
when we go after criminals, well, you don't know their situation. And it's like, well, tell that to the victim. Yeah. I know what the situation is. This guy's over here doing some shit and I got to do my job, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's one thing to say someone's had a rough life. And then it's another thing to say, well, you have a victim who had a good life who didn't deserve any of this. They never hurt anybody. Yeah. They ne- they're just good people walking around. Just so being. their fault? What, what did they do to deserve to be a victim? Yeah. What what about the victim? We're kind of losing focus of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I agree. Because it's it seems like the first thing that comes out is, oh, look what this police officer did. It's like, oh, hold on a second. He's not he's not there because he's, you know, he wants to hang out. You know, like we're all just gonna get ready to go to a party. You know, he's there because something's going on. You know, what happened? What's the story on what happened? You know, it's like, oh, what do you know? Another, uh, you know, another four year old killed by uh, uh, gang gunfire. You know, where's the media's bleeding heart for these people? You know, all they want to do is attack cops and attack cops. But there's nothing on the gangs. There's there's nothing about the uh, drugs in the uh, in the city of Chicago. And they all they uh, they just want to attack cops. Well, the, we're, we're easy targets because we don't fight back. You know, we we don't take a stance politically, which we shouldn't. Right. You know, we're there to protect the Constitution and p- protect people's rights. Right. I mean, that's the main thing. And so taking a stance kind of throws us into that political arena. And we're not supposed to be there at all. Right. We're there to protect everybody, no matter who you are or what you yeah. believe. We're there to uphold your rights. So, that, but that also makes us very easy targets. But yeah, it does. It does. So, if, There's you know, I would guy. like to say that maybe we need a better publicist. <laughs> yeah, maybe Rahm Emanuel's not doing uh, that good of a job. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> bad situation, but... <laughs> you know, I I don't even know how to react to stuff like that. It's like where I grew up in Texas, you broke the law, <laughs> you were held accountable. Yeah. No matter who you were. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter. And in Texas is harsh. They don't they don't give breaks. I mean, yeah. even on speeding tickets. I think it broke the – I sped once, and I was uh, I was just learning to drive. <laughs> and they didn't give me any brakes, man. There were no brakes. <laughs> In Chicago, you can get off of that with maybe 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's – Chicago's ridiculous. Chicago, yeah. it's – you know, it's – they don't hold anybody accountable. Nobody. Yeah. And that's – and well, then it's like, well, why have the law? Why obey the law? Sure. If you're not going to have accountability for it, why have it? There's a guy, uh, his name is Tu Lam. He's a uh, former Special Forces uh, Green Beret, and he trains he trains uh, law enforcement and, uh, and, and government uh, agencies. And he has this thing that, uh, that you should have a – your mindset, you should be capable of incredible violence – and be able yeah. to turn that off yeah. as in like when you need it, you're able to grab it. And then when you don't need it, you're able to kind of like put it away. Yeah. And that's which, true. That's which is, true. and that's probably, you know, when you, you're probably able to work towards that, that kind of mindset, you know, once you're, you've gotten the adrenaline out of you, like you were saying, you know, like when something happens and you know, you're not able, you know, you're not getting the adrenaline like you used to, that you can, you know, kind of flip the switch in a way. Well, now I, I, I just, I think most officers, myself included, which is not good, are questioning everything that we do. Yeah, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And I realized, <clears throat> with me and my partner, I was like, we can't put ourselves in dangerous situations the way that we would before. Yeah. Because what if we do make the wrong decision now? You're going to be on the Channel 7 News. I'm going to be – well, either – the worst thing I could think of is that I 
my partner is dead because of me, because I couldn't make the right decision when I knew what the right decision was. But I didn't right. make it because of the, the pressure from the outside world. Yeah. That's the worst. I, I, I can deal with court. I can deal with going to court. I can deal with, you know, public pressure, all that stuff, because I know that they don't really know what what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fair. You know, why should they? Right. Uh, the, the street is ugly. It's very ugly. And it's not like the movies. Yeah. You know, when you see a real dead person in life, a real murder victim or real victims in general, not everybody's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has like this, not everybody's like this uh, super secret assassin out to do justice. I, you know, it's, you know, some people make bad decisions in split second moments and they end up paying for it. Yeah. For long periods of their life. So, like I said, not everybody's a, an asshole, but, you know, that does, does that mean we shouldn't hold them accountable? Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think we should be holding people accountable. Yeah. You know, that's what makes us all equal. No matter who we are, what our background is, where we come from, how much money we have, we're all being held to the same standard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So how was your, um, what was your wife like when you were like, all right, I'm going to go tell her, babe, uh, I, I want to be a Chicago police officer. <laughs> how did that conversation go? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would. No, it didn't go over very well. Uh, but I had been trying to be a cop for a number of years at that point. But I was mainly looking in Texas. And then I think I was in the process of applying to the Austin Police Department. And then I got the call from, I just took the the Chicago Police Department test. But I was like, ah, I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But I got in and I was like, well. You just took it one time? I just took it one time and I did pretty well. I heard there's a lot of guys that like they do it for years to try to get into the Chicago it's police. Uh, <laughs> we we know a few guys that have tried for years. <laughs> they there's some guys. They, I met a couple of guys. They tried for three years and they're like, I don't know why I can't get on. What's going? On? I was like, I don't know. I don't administer the test, man. You know, it's because they saw you with that Italian beef. <laughs> but but maybe you should take that as a sign. Maybe you, you're not fit for the job, you know? Yeah. So, but hey, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, that's their call. So what does your wife tell you? No? Uh, she said uh, she was not happy. And then she saw how happy I was in the in the academy, and now she sees how happy I am doing the job. So, you know, and she knows I can handle myself. Yeah, I mean there are no guarantees, ever. Yeah, but she knows I'm not out there like uh, going Try, crazy, <laughs> trying to be Cobra. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the Terminator. <laughs> You got to carry, uh, you know, you got to put a match, uh, matchstick in the corner yeah. of your mouth. <laughs> you, uh, I do a toothpick usually, you know. Hey, you know, you should, uh, you should try eating some rice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's going on, hey? <laughs> so, what was your, uh, what was your academy experience like? Uh, you know, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was too easy. Oh, really? I did. I didn't think uh, there was a heavy. We were a part of the ex, an experimental class. Everything, uh, Laquan McDonald happened. Like, uh, I w- we were pretty close to being done with the class, and then when we, Laquan McDonald went, because we knew about it before, and they told yeah. us everything changed. Uh, McCarthy got fired. Yeah. 
you know, is I saw him the day before he got fired, or a couple of days before, the week before, maybe, he got fired. And then, all of a sudden, my, my chief, Bureau of Patrol, was now our superintendent. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was just like, what is going on? So that was pretty quick then, huh? That was very quick. What does that do for morale, for the guys? It did affect police officers. Yeah. Heavily. Whenever they had the um, the feds move in and start investigating. Yeah. There was this investigation going on into our conduct. You know, they were probing us as candidates. We weren't even police officers. We were just... Oh, wow. You know, we were candidates. We were... We weren't even on probation, really. You know, we were just going, we were cadets going through the academy. And they were at, you know, probing us. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. It's been changing and changing and changing and changing. Our academy went was going one direction and then it flipped. And all of a sudden we were going a completely other direction. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? It was a little, to say the least, it was confusing. Was it like, um, were they giving you like different, like, say like training or, or was it like, we're going to concentrate more on this and, and not so much on this other stuff? Well, the use of, use of force and our force mitigation, force mitigation became a heavier emphasis towards the end of our academy. Um, and then, there was just a lot of, I could tell confusion with the higher ups on where to go, what to do. Okay. Uh, paperwork, all these things, getting rid of contact cards, uh, getting rid of the Terry stop, getting rid of uh, hot spots. Uh, mm-hmm. well, what do we do with these with these guys? We don't even know what to do. Right. So, we were just kind of getting kicked around. Okay. Doing, where, doing whatever they told us just to, to get out. We just wanted out. Right. So, so, so when you're, uh, so when you're done with the Academy and, yeah. uh, you know, let's say like you, you become a police officer, mm-hmm. you know, in the military, we, when we get to a unit, we have to go to something that's called CIF. And then when you go there, they, they give you all your gear that you're going to need. So you get all your gear and then you, you know, you, you go home, you organize everything. Do you, do they do that in the, uh, in the police, like after the police academy too? Like, do you go to like your, your district and then they're like, okay, here's your body armor. Here's this. And here's that. Here's your, uh, you know, here's your piece. You know, what do they like? How does, how does that work out? So what, what happened with, with us is it was something kind of, kind of similar where, but we had to buy all of our gear. We had to buy all of our uh, our riot helmet, our riot baton, our uh, our dress blues, our everything. We bought it all. I mean, wow. It's at least five grand in the hole yeah. right off the bat. So uh, you you have to buy your gun, your holster, your duty belt. Your, um, the only thing that they give you really is your vest. Okay. But if you want like a, a really decent vest, you have to buy it. And that's like okay. another 800 bucks. And I was like, ah, that's okay. I'll take what they give me. Yeah. So, um, but that thing is heavy, man. It weighs on you. Yeah, it does. And then, uh, from there, you graduate, you get your star, you, and then my first day out on the street was the very first day was at a Trump pro Trump. What was it? The Trump, uh, the Trump thing downtown. When they, when they, uh, boycotted his, his building when they were, uh, out front. No, when he was running for president. Right. Yeah, they and shut down his. Uh, didn't they? Didn't they shut down? Uh, they, they shut, shut down, down a building. His uh, little speech or whatever it was. Right. And it was chaos. It was, <laughs> was chaos. Let's and go and get him. Protesters up. broke through the fences, 
broke through the line of police. No kidding. Uh, man, they were smashing bottles. They were throwing stuff at us. Uh, they were fighting the Trump uh, people, and the Trump people were fighting them. And it was the bad situation when I saw protesters infiltrating the the Trump line. So people waiting in line to get in. Yeah. To what? To hear Trump's speech. And then all of a sudden, I was like, ah, oh, the protesters are all of a sudden inside the line. And they're wow. getting in people's faces. And I was like, oh, man, this is not going to go well. <laughs> this is, this is going to get out of control. Wow. And it really got out of control. It just, I mean, it just sped out of control so fast. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. I was by myself holding a line. Yeah. Watching Trump and Hillary people beat each other up with your shield. <laughs> and I like, oh. and I look at my sergeant. My sergeant's like, I don't know. What are we gonna do? <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do either, dude. <laughs> just hold the line. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling. Like, a... You know, hey, what are we? What are we gonna do? Just, just keep them, keep them behind the barriers. Yeah, just hold the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. How was your first duty station? Uh, how do they, uh, or your, your 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 district? Like, how do they assign you to where you're going to go? You know, is well, that like we, a random type of thing? Or we, uh, my first year was in the West Side. I was uh, stationed on the West Side. You you do what are cycles? FTO cycles. You get three of them. Uh, what does FTO uh, mean? Uh, field training officer. So okay. you get assessed on your skills as a police officer in the field. Okay. By by a real police officer. Okay. And, uh, you know, my, my first FTO was brand new. She had never been an FTO before, but she had plenty of experience on the street. Okay. So, uh, she was great. I learned a lot from her. Uh, uh, we were, we're kicking ass, taking names. It was a good time. And then after you're done, you just stop taking names. And then after I was like, ah, screw it. I ran out. I ran out of ink. I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> and then uh, I got stationed with another, another even more seasoned police officer, and it was just do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. Oh no, kidding! I'll let you know if we're doing anything wrong. If you're doing anything wrong. <laughs> and by my final one, it was just. I didn't even need input. I was like, just, you know, stay where you are. Let me do my job. Uh-huh. And, That's cool. Uh, it, was, it was, I mean, you learn so fast. Right. I would imagine Every so. Every day, eight hours a day, and you're going through this stuff over and over and over and over and over. Because this yeah. is Chicago, man. It's busy. Yeah, it is. Especially in the south side. South and west side, which is mainly where I was. South, okay. west side, all busy areas. So I was constantly doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Now, some situations I just didn't want to get into. Right. But, you know, we're, we're police officers, so we got into them. So it is what it is. You, some things you just can't avoid. Yeah. What would you say? Um, would you say being a police officer has changed your perspective on society? Yeah. Yeah, it's like avoidable. Yeah, avoidable. Yeah. Do you feel that, um, you know, like what, kind of the purpose of the podcast and our Instagram pages? I want to spread, you know, like awareness uh, about issues that are going on and, and and preparedness for people. How would you say um, is a good is is a is a good thing or a, a good way for people to prepare themselves and walking around the streets of Chicago today? Um. The way to think about it, if you're just an individual, you've never come in, you've never been robbed, you've never had a crime committed against you, or yeah. never been a victim. Yeah. Is to think of it like uh, offenders or or people who perpetrate the crimes are opportunists. They're they're always looking for someone to give them the opportunity to steal, 
or to take or or to you know rob what what have you yeah so if you're if you find so situation like this uh you're out three o'clock in the morning by yourself on a red line train falling asleep stone ass drunk i mean I've done that before, actually. Money, and money you know what? I was actually out, money hanging out the back of your pocket. I was Chances a victim. Chances are that money's not going to be there by the time yeah. you wake up. Yeah, they got me when I got off the train. I was going. I was coming back from a Cubs game, and I was having a good time. And I had just gotten out of the military, man. So I was, you know, I was pretty wild. I went to the, uh, I went to the Cubby Bear uh, by myself. I had a good time, and then I, I got on. The, I got some tacos. And then I got on the uh, red line back. I got off at uh, like around Grand, about around State Street, and uh, and you know what? I I looked both ways. I didn't see anything. But then again, I was hammered. And then I got jumped by two guys, man. And I threw the first guy off of me. And then the second guy, he like the first guy went for like the top, and I kind of maneuvered and I threw him off for me. And I was gonna go get on him, but then the other dude went for my legs. So as soon as I got the first dude up, I just went down because the guy went for my legs. He put something in my back and was like, give us your money. And I was like, are you serious, man? And then they both looked at each other because I don't think that they were expecting that. Because I was like, you know, I've seen this. I've seen this in the movies, you know. Is this is is this is this really happening? Because it's a little surreal. And uh, they were like, he's like, just give me your fucking money. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Just do what I told you to do. And then he and so I, I – I, I pulled out my wallet. He's like, you only got 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm in college, dude. You know, what, what do you expect? And uh, they took my 50 bucks and they took off and they threw my wallet. I went and grabbed my wallet and I ran after him because I was in college, dude. You know, I wasn't making a lot of money back then. You know, 50 yeah. bucks is 50, 50 bucks. bucks. Is, uh, that's a lot of money right there. That's one ticket into Wrigley Field at that time. <laughs> that's drinking money. I mean, that's, it, that's that money was right drinking there. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, and you know, I learned my lesson. You know, because normally, uh, I mean, I've always, I've always had like, uh, I've always had a heightened awareness. But I learned that day. You know, as soon as you, you know, you, you put your, your guard down. You know, something happens. You yeah. know, and well, you uh, and you know, not to walk around so hammered. People don't want to walk around feeling like they're always in danger, which is understandable. You don't want right. to be around in your neighborhood feeling like you're unsafe. That's one thing. It's a completely other thing to be in an area that you don't know. Right. Taking public transportation or being in an area where you don't know the streets, you don't know the people, you don't know the culture. Yeah. And making that information readily available to anybody walking by. Sure. Because most people are decent people. They're not, they're not going to do anything. But criminal element... You know, it's usually the same. They're 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 just waiting for you to show yeah. up. They're not out usually looking for you. They're just waiting for you. Right. They ride their usual train up and down the red line or the blue line. Up and down, whatever. Either if they're from the south side, they're riding the red line. If they're from the west side, they're riding the blue line. <laughs> That's how I know where they're from. Yeah. And I know right they're going right back to where they're from. And right. they just ride it up and down, up and down. Waiting for people to see who's paying attention, who's not paying attention, who looks like an easy target, who doesn't look like an easy target. Right. I mean think about it. What who would you want to go up against? You yeah, know, an would easy you target. Go up against the sober college kid. Who who's used to it and he's looking around and he's aware of his runs and you want to go against a kid who's stone drunk at two o'clock yeah. in the morning by himself on the train with a with a Fukudome headband on and, and he's sunglasses. got all his all his phone his yeah. laptop all this stuff <laughs> and they go ah you know and they can't believe that it was them that got targeted yeah yeah well what do you think know? is a uh... What do you think is a common misconception about uh, about being a cop? That we all eat donuts. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons really messed that one up, man. Yeah, they did. They did. That's we, funny. I, here's my thing: 
who doesn't love donuts? Sure. You don't have to be a cop to love donuts. Yeah. yeah. Even some like super buff gym rat loves donuts. Yeah. Hold that against us. Yeah. That's funny. So what do you eat then? What's your What's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure? Oh, man. Uh, beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, man. I'm like, ah, look, it's a cheat day. I get to drink my beer. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on duty tonight. Yeah. Uh, what duty would you say sucks the most? Foot post. What's that? You're walking up and down the street. Oh. Same stretch of uh, street, okay. up and down. Doesn't matter how cold it is, how wet it is, if it's snowing. You're walking up and down that post. Oh sucks. man. And you're on your feet for eight hours. Yeah. And if you're unlucky, like I was, you're with a partner who you're yelling at <laughs> constantly. You're just yelling back and forth, and it just makes shit just go by so much slower. <laughs> but uh, yeah, foot posts are the worst. Do you ever have a? Do you ever have like a partner that uh, you know, like maybe like the stereotypical, you know, like fat cop when you're like, "Come on, Brakowski, can you keep up?" <laughs> <laughs> That's both old timers right there. <laughs> They're the ones who who are usually driving, smoking the cigar, and going, "All right, kid, you're gonna jump out and get him whenever I pull over. <laughs> I'll let you know when to jump out." <laughs> You know, yeah, I have a misconception that I hear a lot, and that is uh, police officers have a quota of how many people they have to pull over in a month. So people are like, yeah, hey, what day is it? You know, is it the 30th? They're pulling over a lot of people today. They're trying to make their quotas. You know, and I'm like, that, that, can't, be, that can't be right. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So that's the biggest myth yeah. there is. Okay. Uh, because it's not legal. It's not legal for any p- police department in the United States to have a quota. Uh, because that means that we're being forced to pull people over who right. may not deserve to be pulled over. <laughs> you know, but to make our quota. Sure. Sure. Uh, let's, let's, we, let's pull up this drunk high school, this drunk yeah, college kid over here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Why did I get pulled over? Easy targets, you know, get them. <laughs> chances are we're pulling you over for some, if it's for something minor, it's to check on something. Maybe your car matches a description of another car. From a robbery, uh, that that one I've had so many times. I remember it was a uh, person with a gun. It was a black Civic, <laughs> and it was there was this black Civic driving around in the same vicinity as where the person with the gun was supposed to be. But it was only one person in the car. Mm. But me and my partner at the time we we observed two. But we we went up with our guns out. Yeah, and we were like, "Give me your driver's license." Get out. You know, we we yeah. went through our whole spiel because it's a person with a gun, and they pulled it on somebody. And so we're yelling at these people, and I finally take a get a good look at them inside the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's this old man driving his wife. You oh, know, really? Don't speak English. Oh my they gosh! Only speak Spanish, so they're like. No sé, no sé. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you're saying. Thank God my uh, my partner spoke Spanish at the time because I was like, I, I don't know how to tell you that I'm sorry or what's going on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it matched the description of the vehicle that was in the vicinity, you know. And I we pulled it over because, uh, what was it? It didn't have the uh, light illuminating the license plate, which is required. Oh, okay. There's all these tiny little laws, municipal codes, uh, compliance codes that each vehicle has to have. And everybody breaks them. (laughs) They're they're really there for police to have enough probable (laughs) cause to just pull you over. Sure. If we feel like something's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we feel like mm, something's not right, we'll pull you over, even if it's small, check you out. If you're good, let you go. 
But if you're an asshole right off the bat, well, I'm going to write you a little ticket and we'll see you. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That stuff never goes over well. Yeah, I mean, never. I, you know, it, and it really depend, depends on the police. I don't write people usually who are compliant. Mm-hmm. If, okay. If you're just, okay, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. You know, then it, I, I do what's called a courtesy stop. I'm letting you know your vehicle's not in compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, you know, why are you always pulling me over? And I was like, I have never seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but I will see you again in court, sir. And, and you know what? It's those same people that have been having a bad day for the past 13 years. <laughs> something you're doing is wrong, man. That that dragging muffler something. you have is uh, not acceptable. <laughs> Do you yeah. see how it's halfway off? <laughs> That's why I pulled you over. That is why I pulled you over. So what um what kind of uh, what kind of fitness are you doing? Like are you doing like a regimen? Are you is there is there something that maybe you and your your guys are trying? You know, like what do you what do you, what are you up to? Um. Lately, I've just been trying to keep up with uh, my boxing, trying to keep just in shape with kickboxing and boxing. Yeah. But I've been uh, doing a lot more takedowns, like jujitsu. Yeah. Man, that's a game that's changer. a lot of that's a lot of cardio. That is a lot of cardio. It's a it's been a real game changer for the street. I don't have to use my fists. I don't have to mm. kick anybody. Yeah, just take them down, and I can control them immediately. Yeah, that's cool. Just choke yeah, them with, out with with really minimal effort on my part. Do you do you follow like a, a special diet? Uh, no, no. Just eat whatever. Just eat whatever. Just don't break. Uh, you know, don't don't go overboard. Sure. Eat till I'm full, and that's it. Okay. I don't. I don't keep going past that. Say you're, um, you know, you're a concealed carrier, and you're getting uh, pulled over. Mm-hmm. What would you? Uh, what would you advise? That uh, person uh, to do. Just advise us. Number one, that you have your concealed carry. Or let us know right off the bat. Okay. And where it is. Okay. So, hey, where is it? Okay. And don't don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. Ah, I know my rights. Don't be an asshole about it because <laughs> yeah. we can revoke your concealed carry. Yeah. You're most going to most people don't realize that, but we can. Yeah. Uh, it, it is required of any concealed carried anybody who has a concealed carry to to reveal the where the weapon is and your concealed carry uh, license. Okay. Your identification. So- so would you say keep your hands on the steering wheel and when the officer comes up, just tell him, hey, I got my, uh, I'm a concealed carry holder and I've got my piece in my appendix area or something like that? Absolutely. And, and don't, don't like make a movement. Right. Like my gun right here. You know, <laughs> it's right here. Here, let me get it for you. I got my heater oh, for you right here. <laughs> you know, don't be dumb. You know, just, hey, I have a gun on me. Let the officer ask you the questions. They'll guide you. Okay. Usually. They'll say, hey, where's your weapon? Okay. Are you concealed carry? Okay. Do you have your concealed carry card? You know, just be compliant. And when you um, – normally you'll ask for, you know, to see the your concealed carry license, correct? Uh, it is required now. By- do you do – you, um- do Foyd so because you've got your Foyd card and you got your concealed carry license. Do you still have to carry your Foyd card with your concealed carry license, considering yes. they both have the same uh, license number on there? Yeah, I would always have both. Do you have a message for anybody wanting to join the Chicago Police Department? Yeah, just keep your nose down. Don't be a hero. Yeah. We all got a job to do. Yeah. And just do what's required of us. There's no need for anybody to stand out uh, and be a hero. Yeah. For any kind of reason, the main thing is that we all go home. Right. Right. That's it. That's That, to me, is being a hero. Going yeah. home to your family, taking care of your family, and you're making sure that your partner does the same. Right. 
and that that's all the thanks that we need from each other at the end of the day. Right. That's it. Well, hey, Officer Jordan, we really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, we um, you know, we're uh, we're very appreciative of your your sacrifices and uh, the things that you do on a day to day basis, and uh, and we're very appreciative uh, for your civil service. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for telling our story. Yeah, yeah no lot, problem. Man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And uh, that's it for tonight, guys. <laughs>